Good evening, Island Church. It's Friday the 8th. It's so good to come to you again and minister to you on the subject of sanctification, being set apart by God in righteousness and holiness to live a life of purity. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, they relate uh, much of what they were involved in before they uh, got saved uh, to fun. You know, well, Pastor, you know, there's a lot that we did. We, we drank, we did drugs, we, we were immoral, and man, we had so much fun. But you know, I have found this out in 36 years of serving God. I have had more fun by accident than I ever had on purpose uh, living uh, uh, for the devil and for my flesh and for uh, just the lust of my mind and my flesh. Listen, God knows how to give you an exciting life without the bondage of what sin can do. And He's given us sanctification, not only as a doctrine in the Word of God, but as something that sets us apart as a unique people. You know, the Bible calls us a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and there are things we need to do and understand so that we can live that sanctified and holy life. Let me just remind you, of we, we've said this maybe a couple of times, that the reason we're doing this is that work of sanctification going on in us, bringing us to those new levels of holiness, being set apart by God, we become more available to God to be used in the midst of all that's going on to bring supernatural deliverance and supernatural relief. Remember what we studied over in Matthew, how Jesus went in and he cleansed the temple. And when he cleansed the temple, all of the people that needed supernatural ministry were able to come to him there. And the Bible said he healed them, delivered them, and set them free. Same thing is true with us. As that work of sanctification continues in our lives, then we become more available to God to not only minister as a congregation and as a church to the hurting, the blind, the lost, but you as an individual are also empowered by that spirit that abides and empowers you to go out and be supernatural deliverance for people in your life. Our scripture tonight, uh, here in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter uh, chapter 2, let me find it here, uh, here in verse 10, it says, For it becometh him for whom all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifying and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Man, that is such a powerful word that here's Jesus up in heaven. He bears the marks of crucifixion in his hands. His blood is upon the mercy seat. He looks down on the earth and he sees you as a born again Christian. And he says, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to call him my brother. That's such a powerful, uh, powerful uh, reality. Uh, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. Let me read it here in the, uh, in the Message Bible. It says, For now he towers above all creation, for all things exist through him and for him, and that God made him pioneer of our salvation, perfect through his sufferings, for this is how he brings many sons and daughters to share in his glory. Man, what a word. Jesus, the Holy One, makes us holy. As sons and daughters, we now belong to the same Father. So he is not ashamed or embarrassed to introduce us as his brothers and sisters. Now, just think about that. How Jesus, the day you got born again, 
He knew that work of sanctification would begin in your life. He knew that a new uh, ideal or dimension of holiness would show up on the inside of you. And in doing that, he was not ashamed or embarrassed to bring you drug addict, prostitute, a proud, rich person, educated, doesn't matter who you are, who you think you are. He was unashamed or embarrassed to bring you before the Father and to say, this is my, this is my, this is my brother. This is my sister. And because of that reality, because of that power, the same holiness, the same righteousness that was in the Lord Jesus Christ when he walked on the earth, you must realize, realize it is in you. You know, Jesus did not involve himself in the sins of the flesh, the sins of the mind, in the sins of the spirit. He didn't, didn't involve himself in the society uh, of the Jewish Pharisees or Sadducees or of the Roman government and, and, and all of their royalty that they had governing in that area. He lived a sanctified life. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think Jesus had a good time serving God, living for the Father, blessing people, delivering people, taking bread and fish and feeding thousands. Man, I'm telling you, he had a blast. Now we know crucifixion and redemption was, a, well, was his passion that he came to the earth for. But in the midst of it, as he was able to influence men and women, deliver uh, those in bondage to devils and demons, uh, set the captive free. Listen, he got to experience the true word of the Father and the work of the Father taking place in and through his life. That is exactly what God wants for each and every one of us. He wants the work of the Father and the words of the Father. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, the works that I do, then greater works shall you do also. Listen, God wants us flowing in the power and the anointing of God so that people can be set free, can be delivered, the manifestation of the goodness of God. Listen, he wants the harvest to come in supernaturally. Not some guy comes up with a program and we, we get point A, point B, and, and point A and point C, and, and point one, two, three, and we apply that, and then he writes his book and get credit. No, God's going to bring this thing together supernaturally. There's going to be a supernatural awakening, supernatural revival, supernatural manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. Heard something the other day that kind of encouraged me because I've made this statement many times. A, a secretary of a tremendous minister that had gone on to be with the Lord who really influenced the body of Christ with great revelation as a prophet. This secretary said there were days in which this man would come and sit in, in their office and just share things that were really never taught, really never put in books or anything, but just kind of a personal conviction that this minister had. And he said one of those convictions was that, that as we came to the end of a dispensation, that there would be a crossover of the other dispensation that would begin to manifest itself. Now, we may see that in a negative way, in a in, uh, uh, Things beginning to happen on the earth, the birth pains uh, of a new dispensation, judgment coming upon the earth. But listen, we're of the body of Christ. You know, the Bible talks about over there in Hebrews chapter 6, those that would taste of the powers of the world. No, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 10. Those who would taste of the powers of the world to come. That means the manifestations of the mighty power of the Holy Ghost reserved for a thousand year millennial that will work in the lives of those with glorified bodies will kind of will flow over into this dispensation in a measure and in a way which will astound people. Listen, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss any of that. So I want to I live holy. I want to live righteous. I want to let 
the one that sanctifies me and the sanctification that it produces do its work of holiness in my life. You know, I can remember uh, first going into the ministry and, and, and being around ministers and being around, and I can remember how I would hear things that a, that a man would say or, or a minister would say, like, like at lunch or in a time of fellowship, and I would think to myself, now, now wait a minute, wait a minute. That does not sound right. That does not sound righteous. It does not sound holy. They may have been talking about a fellow minister or, or maybe it was some type of a, 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 an unpure joke or something that was told that was just, it just wasn't sanctified. Let me say it that way. And so, uh, you know, back then I just kind of kept my mouth shut. I didn't say anything. I just kind of sat there. But I've noticed over the years, uh, the more and more fellowship uh, that I had, uh, that Thank God He's put me around men who are righteous and sanctified. And, and our conversations many times, even as we go off and fellowship and have recreation together, we keep our conversation, we keep our, our, our behavior sanctified. And yes, we have fun. Yes, we enjoy fellowship. But in the midst of it, there is this standard of holiness and separation from the world and the way it thinks and acts that empowers us to be able to live a life above all of the filth that is in this world. Now, as this scripture says, that the glory of God, uh, uh, the, to make captain of their salvation, bringing uh, sons and daughters into the kingdom of God, our sanctification and holiness is one of the greatest, how can I say this, dinner bells are calling cards in the world to bring people into the kingdom. You say, well, Pastor, what about healing power? What about Yes, those are also great tools that the Lord has given us. But when the world sees men and women living a life not dependent upon the filth of this world, not upon its drugs, upon its alcohol, not upon its perverse lifestyle or entertainment, when the world sees that and they see the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, unholiness and holiness, then they get a revelation that they're a sinner and they need a Savior. And that helps bring them into all that God desires them to do. You know, years ago, I was in the nation of Haiti. I was walking in Port-au-Prince. And bless their hearts, the people were so emaciated, uh, so malnourished, not well fed. And I remember just many times I'll just walk and pray under my voice and, and talk to the Lord. I remember saying to the Lord, these people are starving. And I'll never forget what the Lord said to me. He said, yes, they're starving, but they don't know that they're starving. They think starvation is normal. It's all they've ever known. And the Lord said to me, He said, they really don't understand that they're starving until they see someone that is well fed. And when they see someone well fed, then they recognize there's something not right with me. I'm not getting the nutrition that I need. I'm not getting the food that I need. The Lord said to me, it's true in the church also. There's many people in the church, they don't understand righteousness. They don't understand holiness. They, they've, they've allowed the unrighteousness and unholiness of their previous life and lifestyle to encroach upon their salvation. Therefore, they're, they're dissatisfied. They're, uh, uh, they, they feel like there's so much about their walk with God that is not good and not right. And they feel in bondage maybe to a religious system. But the Lord spoke to me and said, that's why it's important that you be well fed by the Word of God. Because being fed well by the Word of God will cause you to have that well-fed look about you. You'll be righteous. You'll be, you won't be one of these 
holier than thou's, I'm better than you. That's not what righteousness and sanctification is. Righteousness and sanctification is the ability to live by your spirit, not your flesh and mind, not to yield to the lust of the flesh and of the mind, and to present yourself to this world as someone who has found light and life. That's exactly what God wants to do. Remember what it said in Romans 14, it says, verse 17, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When people see our joy, they see our love one to another, and they see how much we love God, they're going to want what we have, because what we have is right for people. We love you. We look forward to seeing you on the weekend. Don't forget prayer on Saturday night, 6 to 7, and two services on Sunday, 9 and 11. Come back to church. We love you. It's safe, and God's protection is upon you. See you soon, in Jesus' name.